This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yo, what up? We back with another episode of You Can Guard Me. Thank you once again for... uh... For listening in, available on Spotify, available on iTunes, and all of the all the major podcast streaming applications. Shout out to Seat Geek, Seat Geek. That's S E A T G E E K. One of my affiliates. Promo code is Ant Right. You get twenty dollars off of your first purchase using my code to any tickets, game, concert, or event. Just check out SeatGeek and use promo code AntWright, no spaces, and they'll be able to hook you up. Whoo! Big weekend coming up. I can't wait. Um, Wisconsin and Michigan is going to be a very interesting game. Um, they have, you know, they had two weeks to work on what they needed to work on, where they had to scout, where they had to kind of do their thing. Um, but it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, they've, you know, against the, the uh, top 25, Harbaugh is one in five versus top, top 25 on the road. Um, and the one win was Michigan State when they were ranked 24th. They ended up seven and six. So that's, that's, that's the one win. And then when you're looking at buys, not the best in buys. Um, if you're new, I tell it how it is. I am not a Debbie Downer. I am not trying to worry people. I'm not trying to talk junk and all. You know, I I think what I think. Sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong. And um, that's just how that goes. I am by no means what you call a homer. I, you know, I say it. I think it. I say it. That's just that's just how that goes. So we're gonna have Zach Helprin come in here. Zach is, uh, he covers Wisconsin uh, pretty diligently along with all of their uh, homegrown sports. So after this quick break, uh, he's going to be joining us here to talk about Michigan-Wisconsin coming up at Camp Randall noon on Saturday. Yo, what up? Thank you. We are back with You Can Guard Me. Thank you once again for listening in. I really appreciate you guys' support. Big game coming up this weekend, Wisconsin versus Michigan. And I can't do it on my own. Um, uh, I have Zach Helprin with me here. He is the host of the Camp Wisconsin, sports director of Zone Madison. He covers Wisconsin uh, born and raised from the state. What's up, Zach? Hey, Anthony, how's it going, man? Hey, man, it's going great. It's going great. So, how are so? Not necessarily from your standpoint, but you know, how are fans of Wisconsin feeling about this upcoming game? 
Well, I think a lot of them are looking at it as, a, as the true test. I mean, Wisconsin beat the pants off of South Florida and then Central Michigan. And, you know, I think they were expecting, I don't think anybody was expecting 110 to nothing. Uh, but coming off of what was a disappointing year last year, they're looking to see if Wisconsin's truly back. And I think Wisconsin, I think Michigan, despite, you know, what their first two games have shown, will probably give is, is the test that I think a lot of fans are looking for for Wisconsin. If they can pass it, then maybe this season could be pretty be something special. If not, then maybe uh, uh, maybe these past two games have just been uh, you know decoration and not really what this true Wisconsin or what Wisconsin truly is. Man, I'm I'm with you. The same with Michigan. Almost, it's a it's almost like direct opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, is this what we're expecting or you know, what's yeah. going on? Like, okay, the Wisconsin game is gonna is gonna is gonna tell us, you know, is Michigan ready to take that next step of, you know, getting to Indianapolis and competing for a Big Ten title. Um so your quarterback up and leaves in the middle of the summer, uh goes to is he at is he at Florida State or NC State? He's, yeah, he's at Florida State. He's at Florida State. He's, he's a QB two down there, and they're and, and they're struggling. This new yeah. QB, Jack Cohen or Cohen, he's coming in. He's come in and pretty much um, erased a lot of doubt. Um, yeah. Is he is is he really is <laughs> is he really you know le- legit in your eyes, or is it more so with the the uh, competition? Yeah, you know what? I'm, that's that, that's another thing of we're just waiting to see, right? I mean, no. Uh, the thing with Al Tony Brook is it was probably a pretty untenable situation. He dealt with injuries last year, and, and Jack, you know, started four games last season and ended up playing in five. And, you know, he wasn't any Jack was anything special, but I think it had gotten to the point where Alex needed a new start, and um, he would have been in a battle. Jack would have it would have been him and Jack, and probably the true freshman Graham Hartz, maybe even Chase Wolfe, the redshirt sophomore. They would have all been in a battle for the quarter, starting quarterback job, and I don't think that's something that Alex wanted, and he needed a new start. So he went down there, and yeah, right. he's keeping through. Florida, Florida State's been horrible. Right? Yeah, they were bad. They're one. They're they're win. Louisiana Monroe. I mean, they what missed they, the extra point? Like, they went to, that game went to overtime. Yeah, right? uh, they, they, yeah. they missed uh, the extra point. Yeah, I mean that 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 is a bad situation down there too. But it, for them down there, it's been the defense. The offense has actually been all right. James Blackman's been all right. So Alex hasn't gotten to play down there. But in terms of what Jack is, I'm. Uh, I don't think he's three eighty three and three touchdown good, which is what we saw, you know, last last time we saw him. Right. But I do think he is a, a much improved passer and a much improved um, decision maker than he was last year when he just, you know, he turned the ball over a bunch. Um, he wasn't accurate. This time, I think, you know, and I, we got to see eight practices in, in fall camp, and it was a different quarterback than what we had seen last year. So he has improved. Right. Um, he has improved in his accuracy, as I said before. To make better decisions, like all that, that's all great. It's all great against South Florida. It's all great against Central Michigan. Can he carry it over to the to the Big Ten? Can he carry it over against the Michigan team, whose defense has not been a problem for them this year? You know what I mean? Like that right. defense has been pretty good, and so this is a this is a huge challenge, man. Gotcha. Um, this game, like it always for some reason, this game is is taking me back to. Uh, last year, basketball, um, Michigan goes into Iowa undefeated. They're like 19-0 or 20-0 or something like that. And Iowa completely smokes them in hoops. And one of the quotes from one of the Iowa guys was, 
we remembered Michigan ending our season last year in overtime. Now, last year, Michigan and Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure you guys saw like the revenge tour and knocking on the door and Wisconsin had like blood coming out of the door. I mean, I mean, it was <laughs> it was pretty gory stuff. You know, yeah. you know how you know how do you do you see the guys really like did they like circle this game all summer like we're gonna get them? Well, you know what the, the thing about Michigan is is that game circled for almost everybody. You know, I mean, like Michigan, like oh, Michigan circles Ohio State, right? That's the game that they circle, right? You know, for for in the same way back the other way with Ohio State circling Michigan. When Ohio State and Michigan are, are on everybody else's schedule, that's the game that they serve. You know, like Wisconsin has rivalries, you know, Iowa and, and Minnesota, right. uh, Nebraska. But, you know, people get excited when Michigan and Ohio State come on the calendar. Exactly. And the fact that Michigan's coming to town, that's that's big. Now, as, as for the players, heck yeah, man. I mean, what, what was it, 38-13 to 13 and it wasn't that close last year? Yep. I mean, they, they, the passing game was pathetic. Uh, the defense ate Alex Hurdenberg up. Shea Patterson had all kinds of success, you know, running the ball uh, against them and passing. Yeah, that was an embarrassment, and it was the start of, you know, uh, quite a few embarrassments last year for Wisconsin. So they have the chip on their shoulder from not just the Michigan game, but from pretty much the entire season, where they start the year at the top five and don't end up, you know, being ranked. So this is, it's not just Michigan. It's kind of like Michigan last year, where they had that revenge tour and they wanted to beat everybody that beat them the year before. Right. This, yeah, Wisconsin has that feel, and it's. Uh, but anytime Michigan comes to town, it's a huge game, and um, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that's the case for for most schools in the Big Ten. Gotcha. Um, Zach Helprin here, sports director at Zone Madison, host of the Camp Wisconsin. Um, Zach, so your receivers. Uh, I was looking at some stats. Six or seven guys have already totaled over like sixty yards. So. Multiple guys, multiple catches, but your top receiver um, has been doing a great job. Are these like dinks and dunks, or are these more down the field? I haven't gotten a chance to really watch Wisconsin all that much. Yeah. Um, but are these dinks and ducks, and then yards after after a catch, or is Jack just airing it out? It was it was dinks and I don't even I don't even want to say dinks and dunks. I mean, like it wasn't like drop like drop offs and guys running in the first game. There was you know some slants and that type of stuff, but he missed. Uh, a couple of deep passes in that first game to South Florida. Against Central Michigan, he did not miss on those deep passes. And uh, Quintess Cephas is a name that I think people are going to be hearing not just this week about, but throughout the entire season. His story is kind of a, uh, you know, is well-known around here, and, um, you know, maybe not nationally, but he, uh, last fall, right before, he had a huge sophomore season. He was going to be uh, Wisconsin's top target last year. He was He's got NFL-type type talent and he just before the season uh, was charged with two counts of sexual assault oh geez. this is yeah before 2018 and so he gets suspended from the team and he's fighting these charges and um eventually for for a very a variety of reasons like title nine and there was an investigation and, and all that type of stuff he ends up being expelled from school last last march and so no one's thinking he's ever coming back like nobody thinks they're ever going to see Quintess Cephas in a Wisconsin uniform again. Right. Well, he goes to trial in late July, early August here, and he did not. Uh, and, and he, within 30 minutes of the case going to the jury, they come back and uh, he's found not guilty on both charges. And that's, everyone's like, that's which quick. Yeah, it's very quick. Which they didn't even sit out. They just yeah, went in like there, it, did a couple circles, and walked out. 
Right. Like, it, like it took probably longer to hand them hand out the forms as it, than it did for them to actually, you know, make the vote. You know, Jeez. so it was. It, yeah, it was. It was really quick, and it, and I think everybody that saw the case play out was expecting him to be found not guilty. Not maybe not that quick, but yes, found not guilty, and because the case felt a little bit weak, and so you know he got, and so afterwards. Uh, you know, like, what's, what's your plan? He goes, well, I want to play football. I don't know where, you know, two days later, he, two days later, he's like, I want to, uh, his, his attorneys, you know, petition the UW to allow him back into school. There's this whole big hubbub. A week later, he's allowed back into school. A day later, the football team brings him back. And so he's back there, you know, August 22nd or something like that. He plays August 30th. And then he goes over for second game has uh, five catches or six six catches over 100 yards and two, two long touchdowns. This guy, he is uh, he has been such a huge, huge lift for this team. It's, I can't even, I, I can't even think of any addition to a team this late in the year uh, that would have this kind of impact. And so he's the guy that I think everyone will be talking about come Saturday if Wisconsin wins this game because he's, he's the guy. But they do have other guys. Uh you know, Kendrick Pryor, A.J. Taylor, Danny Davis, all of these guys, I think, make up what could be the best in wide receiver group Wisconsin's ever had. But maybe that's not saying a lot when it right. comes to, you know, just based on their history. But right, it's right. a really, 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 really good group. Oh, wow. I did not. Dude had eight days in camp? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, from a former athlete, that sounds kind of amazing. Like, minus it's, all the yeah. other stuff that, like, went on. Having yep. eight days of camp and then playing your first game, skipping all that preseason garbage, man, yeah, Woo. it was it was insane. And, and he's and he, you know, like you wouldn't expect a kid to want to come back, right? I mean, like right. for all the stuff that Wisconsin, and it wasn't the athletic department, the football program supported him, the players, his you know teammates supported him, and you know and all that, and, and that's why he ended up wanting to come back. But he has been. I mean, they, they missed him last year significantly, and for him to come back and play the way he has, just remarkable considering. Because he he had actually not played since November of 2017 because he broke his leg against Indiana in early November. So he had, his first game, you know, after that was August 30th, man. It was like eight days after he had rejoined the team. Jeez, man, that's yeah. wild. That's wild. I did not know that. Um, gosh. So so all right. So that's so that's the receiving core. Now running back. I mean, might as well call it Jonathan Taylor, right? You might as well call it that. That's the position. Is him. Um, yeah. We know all about about him, so don't need to get into too much. But um, sure. can Jack can Jack move, or is he more of a pocket presence? He's more of a pocket guy. I mean, he's he does he's more athletic than Alex Hornibrook, but that's again not, not saying much. much. Right? Um, you know, he was a statue back there. Jack can move a little bit. Um, they've had, to, I mean, they they have had some uh, pass protection issues. He's got he's taken some hits already this year. I think. To me, that is, that's a huge, huge battle is, you know, Wisconsin's ability to protect him and, and give him time because I think, um, you know, they lost four offensive linemen to the NFL or right. say three offensive linemen to the NFL, another one to graduation um, and injury. He had to give it up because of injury. So they've been starting a whole bunch of new guys. And it's, uh, you know, for the most part, they, I mean, they got all American, they got an All-American at center and a really good left tackle. And I think their, their right tackle will be back this week. The two guard spots are new and, I think that'd be my biggest concern if you're if you're looking at Jack. Um, you know, if, if it's I mean, it was let the dogs out and get after it last year. You know, with Rashawn Gary and all those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, against Alex and Wisconsin does not want to repeat of that. But I think that would, to me would be the biggest concern offensively for Wisconsin would be able to keep him clean. Gotcha. 
I think our depth is a little bit better, but we I mean we don't have Winovich, we don't have Gary, we don't have Bush, especially Bush. Bush, oh my, he's probably yeah, he's one of the good. best linebackers that's ever played college. Like that dude yeah. was. I mean, at some points this year, I'm just like, you know what? That's not a ten to twelve yard gain last year because I think Bush masked. He put duct tape on a lot of flaws last year, and yeah. we don't have that duct tape this year. So I mean, he's a, he's a top ten pick for a reason, right? Dude I mean, is you know, yeah. amazing. I mean, and he's in the NFL right now. All I saw was preseason highlights of him just destroying people. Um, yeah. His sideline, the sideline speed, and he was so freaking smart. And he was a dog. He was an animal. Um, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, man. I yeah, really do. He's got that talent, for sure. Uh, actually, uh, obviously, uh, Rashawn is in Green Bay, and I was in Green Bay today uh, covering the Packers, and I, I stopped by his locker just to get his take on the game. And I'm like, so who, who are you rolling with? And he goes, you know exactly who I'm rolling with. And I'm like, all right. Uh, and he, he, uh, so he, he, I was, you know, I was asking about the offense a little bit just because it's been a little rough. He, he goes, the defense ain't a problem whatsoever. It's been, you know, the offense. But he, he believes because of the receivers you guys got and because right. he, think, he still thinks very highly of Shane, you know, maybe a week off will get that injury a little bit better. Right. He's, he's expecting a little bit of a blast off here at some point. Hey, man, I hope so. I hope so. We heard speed and space, hashtag speed and space, all summer. Not not sure if you've seen it because you're on the Wisconsin side, but, you know, off-season hype in Michigan go together like peanut butter and jelly. And, man, we were eating those sandwiches up. I tell you that much so much, man. Um, uh, Zach Halperin here with us, host of the camp, Wisconsin Sports Director of Zone Madison, covers uh, covers all things Wisconsin. I'll tell you what, though, man. Um when I when we visited Wisconsin for hoop games, my favorite part of that trip that I had too, the cheese that was served like for um like we had we had like spreads at the hotel. Yeah. The cheese was unreal. Um, the second <laughs> <Cheese> well. <laughs> the second thing was um, your drums in pregame. Is yeah. oh my god! I get chills just think about it. Just do 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 like that yeah. man. Like I will remember that for the rest of my life, man. Uh, it's, it wasn't always loud, wasn't always packed, but man, right. the drums in there, the drums in pregame, um, was crazy. It was do 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 do. Then oh, I will never forget that. I play that. <laughs> I played at UConn. I played at Duke. I played at Kansas. Um, that is by, probably, I think, the drums at Wisconsin is going to be the, my biggest memory. My second memory is when um, when Kansas fans know the game is over and they start singing that creepy song. Yeah, like, it sounds like a, like a cult. Yeah. Like, hey, you, it is weird. So that's yeah. number two. Wisconsin in the drums is number one. Um, yeah. I'll leave you with one more story. So I come to Wis- I when I go to when when I went to Wisconsin, it was mainly for you know going to Wisconsin, play the game, and then leave. Right. So yeah. my whole thought about Wisconsin was okay. Wisconsin, big white dudes everywhere. That's all it is. So <laughs> I have this 
these like group of kids who are now in high school doing doing very very well. One just got a football offer for Central for being a QB. Uh, another one has been is like one of the best players for his class in this in the estate. The other one, one of the best point guard. It's just a great group of group of uh, kids. When we yeah. were sixth seventh grade, we had a Gus Macker out there, right? So we're yeah. like, okay, you know, because they were in Michigan destroying everyone. A Gus Macker's those like out, outdoor three on three on three games. Yeah. Um, they're in, in Michigan destroying everyone. So we're like, look, let's go to Wisconsin. Let's play some, you know, big tall burly corn fed kids, right? Guess where we thought? Guess where we went? Guess. Uh, not Madison. No, uh, we went to Racine. Oh yeah, that's that's not. Uh, <laughs> that is, that is, Racine is not full of uh, big, tall, white. Uh, kids. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Racine. Hey, hey. So long. Long story short, that was probably one of the best trips for those kids. They went there and they. They they still won the thing, but like halfway through the last day, I mean, there was a meeting with parents like, hey, should we still be here? Because there were fights. There were kids yeah. running on the floor and punching other people, parents yeah. punching people. People tried to fight me. I mean, it was like <laughs> it was bad. Like I had a guy like five foot four, like call me out in the, in the uh, parking lot. I'm freaking six, six. Like, yeah. these dudes aren't afraid of any... It's like mini Detroit over there. Like, what is yeah. going on? Well, I mean, we've... we've uh, uh, there are some in that area uh, that would like to annex both Kenosha and Racine to Illinois, if possible. But, um, <laughs> you know, they... they uh, it's... Yeah. It is, it is not the Wisconsin you picture, right? No. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> but, it, but it did turn out to be our best trip because... Um, a lot of these kids, I mean, they had, you know, great homes. They could ride their bikes from wherever they want. And, you know, I'm sitting there with them and B-dubs, and I'm just like, you know what? You guys can ride your bikes to the park. You know, a lot of these kids, if they ride their bikes to the park, you know, there's not basketball going on there. You know, there's yeah. other things. And, yeah. you know, be very, very thankful for, you know, what you have. And yeah, for um sure. And it was a great lesson. It was a great trip. Driving through Chicago at night was not the was not fun because the traffic was crazy. It was like all the time there. Man, it was like it was like eight o'clock on like a Friday night. Oof. The, the, the trips to Chicago, you know, for whether it's for Big Ten media days or on the way to places like on the way to Indy, those those are the worst trips ever. I hate going through Chicago. <laughs> Last question. <laughs> Last yep. question for you, man. You know, I gotta ask. Uh, who wins and by and by how many? You know it's Wisconsin favored three or three yeah. and a half. What you got? Yeah, yeah. I I've been going back and forth all week. I, I mean, we we know the talent that Michigan has, right? We know that we know the expectations coming into the year. Um, I just like the way Wisconsin's playing, and so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take Wisconsin. I don't think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I uh, I think it's gonna be you know it's gonna be kind of like it was two years ago here where it. Um, you know, Wisconsin needed a late couple touchdowns to to get to eke it out, but um, right. so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say twenty one seventeen. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a score for you, but I have Wisconsin by six. Okay. I have Wisconsin by six. Uh, I don't like the way that we're playing. 
Um, Harbaugh on the road is like one in five against ranked teams. That yeah. that one win was Michigan State, and they were ranked twenty fourth, and they ended up being seven and six. So, yeah. and hasn't been the best in you know when you get a break to get better. So, um, that's where I'm at. I don't like the way that the team is gelling. I think eventually they could be better than Wisconsin, but as of this weekend, <laughs> yeah. I don't you know. know. That's the funny thing. Like I, I thought that getting Michigan later in the year would be better for this Wisconsin team because they, they would need some time to grow. But now, after these first two weeks, I'm like, this is a perfect time for Wisconsin to take yes. these guys on after what we've seen. So, I'm with you. I, th- yeah. I, I think that all the time about uh, Ohio State. When like you see Ohio State lose to like Purdue or they struggle against these other teams, and then yeah. like we play them and they put up sixty plus. You know, <laughs> that that's just what happens. Yeah. But uh, it's all good, though, man. Hey, Zach Helprin, um, he's on Twitter, at Zach Helprin, H-E-I-L-P-R-I-N. That's Zach with an H. Um, sports director at Zone Madison. Um, he covers the Packers, the Badgers, the Brewers, and the Bucks, and the host of the Camp Wisconsin. Thank you so much for joining us. This is going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on iTunes. I'm going to tag you as soon as it's up on those uh, app- applications. And yep. thank you so much for joining me, Zach. All right, man. Thank, Anthony, thank you for having me on. appreciate it. Hey, see you, man. Go Blue. Thank you. Man, shout out to Zach for coming on and talking some Wisconsin with me. I'm just going to jump right into the podcast mailbag because y'all always got some great questions. So, per usual, I get to every, I get to pretty much every question. I try. I try. Uh, if it's not a great question, I just scroll right over it. But um, let's get right into it. As you guys know, I don't I mean like, I, when, when I, when I say I don't edit my podcast, it, I'm, I mean, I don't do takes over and over and over again. If I stutter, if I say something off the wall, you know, I'm just going to just circle back and just, you know, talk to you guys. So that's just me. That's just how I do things. I mean, I'm chilling here with my Portage Northern baseball cap. Shout out to Portage Northern baseball team. Baseball coach for uh, hooking me up with the gear, the fresh gear. I really appreciate it. This is my favorite cap, actually. Um, okay, LG. You know, so all right, all right. This is this is gonna be okay. LG at LG Hale. If you could have one million dollars now or one thousand dollars per week for the rest of your life, which would you take? So you have to take the lump sum. You have to take a million dollars right now. You do not want to take $1,000 per week because that's $52,000 per year. You don't ever, 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 ever not take the lump sum unless it's something crazy like lump sum $100 or $1,000. Well, everyone knows that, but... Whenever it's something like this, you always take the lump sum. You got to know the you have to know the value of money. You got to know the value of money, and uh, you kind of got to uh, you know 
if you invest it properly. You, you don't even have to be aggressive. You don't even, even have to be moderate. Um, you got to know that you take the lump sum all day, every day. That could have said $2,000 per week, and it's the same, it's the same exact answer. Got to know the time value of money. Because $1,000 for the rest of my life, I mean, what's $1,000 going to be worth in 20 years? Got to counter and inf- got to got to counter you know, you always have to look at inflation when you're looking at the, the time value of money 30 years ago 30 grand could buy you a lot more than 30 grand can today and i could probably say that same thing in 20 years so the time value of money is very important inflation you got to you got to account for inflation all the time inflation is always between 2 and 3.5% roughly on average so account for it um, armchair Illinois, armchair Illini, uh, you have to put your life dependency on the athletic ability of one of Foster Lawyer, Andrew Dockett, or Eli Brooks. Who do you roll with? This is disrespectful to Eli Brooks, actually. Eli Brooks is pretty athletic. I'm pretty sure in a game, he's like taken one or two dribbles and dunked it with two hands, like easily. Dude's been dunking since like freshman year of high school. So this is kind of disrespectful. A better question would have been Foster Lawyer or Andrew Dockage. Putting my life on the line, I mean, R.I.P. Ant. Uh, Brandon Gales, Big Geals or Big Geals, 13. Why is everybody so worried about Wisconsin when all that matters is beating Ohio State? That's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. I'm with you. I'm with you 1,000%. 1,000% I am with you. Um, JTOG at JTOGX if Twitter was popular when you were playing would you and your teammates get as much undeserved hate as Shay, Norton etc oh yes oh for sure we would oh my gosh yes 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 I remember I remember some wild some wild dude this was after um, who did we just play we played Wisconsin, and um, and Wisconsin, you know, beat us pretty bad at home. That next day, we had training table, and a good part of training table was this guy went on to Stu Douglas's Facebook page, just trashing him, like trashing him. And then so like Novak jumped in, you know, I jumped in on Facebook, you know, chill, blah, 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 chill, chill, chill. Um, I would have probably had fun with it. Like if Twitter was popular back then, I like messing with people like. (laughs) And I was more of a loose cannon back then, too. Uh, And I was a little bit more uh, unfiltered. That would have that would have been very entertaining. Put it that way. So Jake Lawson at J underscore Lawson twenty two. How long will Michigan give Harbaugh to be OSU in your opinion? I love Harbaugh, but he eventually has to get over that hump. That is not a hump. That is a mountain. Ohio State is the third best program in the country right now. Um, not team, third best program. Meaning year in and year out, if I were to rank the top twenty five teams in the country. You know, Ohio State will probably be number three, you know, behind Clemson and Alabama. Ohio State is, you know, they just happen to be our rival. 
<laughs> which sucks. And one of the biggest rivals in one one of the biggest biggest rivalries in the entire country. It's really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate that uh, Michigan chose them to be the be the rival in such in such a social media world. So the jokes fly, everything flies, and uh, it sucks. It really, really, really sucks. But it just comes down to you know you just gotta you just gotta find a way to beat them. Gotta find a way to beat them. How long? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, he's 40 and 10. He has an 80% winning percentage, I believe. No, 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 no. Like 40 and 14, maybe? 40 and 13? I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to check. But okay, he was 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 10 and 3, three times. So that's 9, 8 and 5. Okay, so, four, so I believe he's 40 and 14. I believe he's 40 and 14. Correct me if I'm wrong. But he's 40 and 14 all time. You know, how much of, you know, really go back and look at those games. And we joke about it all the time. You know, big wins. Are they big wins? Are they not big wins? There's a lot of wins that he should get in there. And that's really unfortunate. He's got to get the ones that he's not supposed to get. That's the big thing. Get the ones that you're not supposed to get. Um... Whether that's beating Ohio State or not, you got to, you know, this game coming against Wisconsin, not supposed to win that game. The game, uh, you know, you know, last year at Notre Dame, they weren't supposed to win that game. You know, you got to find a way to win those games where he is an underdog. You know, find a way to win those games. And I think the narrative will start to change whether he beats Ohio State or not. Then once he wins those games... Then they start to, you know, learn how to win those games and compete better against teams like Ohio State. All right. Eric's thoughts and observations at that Eric Betts. Hot dogs or brats? Um, I don't know. Uh, it's all about feel. And I need to know which... Uh, uh, condiments are there. If we got like relish and onions and you know ketchup and mustard, if we got if we got all that, if we got all that stuff, I mean, you know, probably uh, probably brats. But hot dogs, like I could eat like ten hot dogs in one sitting. Like they're not filling. You know what I mean? Like hot dogs just aren't filling to me. What can I relate hot dogs to? Like. Hot dogs are like ramen, like ramen noodles. Like you can make four packs of noodles and be and be hungry in like twenty minutes. It's unbelievable. It's it's unreal, man. Hot dogs and ramen are equal in that they're not filling, just empty calories. Um, I love I love hot dogs though, but gotta go with gotta go with with the uh, with the brats. Hot dog just tastes like. Poor people food. I don't know. I'll go with brats. I'll go with brats. But I do love hot dogs. I'll eat both. Like choosing between your favorite child. You know? J. Dot Wolverine Lover 3. We ever getting a finance podcast 
Probably not. Uh, probably not. All because of compliance issues. Like I gotta, I gotta put things through my firm and this paperwork, and I gotta make sure that I'm like compliant on things I can and cannot say. So I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna. You know, do it. At times, if if I feel like it, I'll bring up something finance related. But in terms of like a finance podcast, probably not. Maybe, maybe like later on if I feel like dealing with all that extra mumbo jumbo garbage, but probably not. Uh, JC and GH, iHuman7026557575. Just a heads up, this guy is a state fan. So before I even read this question, I haven't even read it yet. So if it's a trolling question, he's a state fan, that's why. So we'll see. Um, do you think Howard's strategy of focusing mostly, if not only on four to five star, four to five star recruits is a, a smart strategy? Okay. As a state, I mean, that's a solid question. Do I think it is a smart strategy? It's, you know, it's not a terrible one as long as you land, if you can land one, but you know, I've said this before, making sure that you don't forget about your B recruits. You know, you have different tiers of recruits, and unfortunately, you don't treat them all the same, but you can't just forget about them. You know what I mean? Um, you got to have you got to have your B recruits lined up and you got to still give them attention. As I mentioned before, if you focus on A recruits way too much and you end up not landing someone important for a, a certain position and you haven't talked to a B recruit, now B recruit is looking at you know, Louisville, UCLA, and Missouri, no longer Michigan because Michigan was too busy wor- worried about their A recruit. Then Michigan ends up with like a C or D recruit all because they failed to pay attention to um, that second tier of player. As long as they're doing their due diligence, as long as the assistants are uh, helping out in that regard, that should help out a lot. Um, I think there's like four or five spots to fill. I think one of them is, you know, one of them is going to go to uh, Zeb Jackson, who is uh, one of the top players in the class that was uh, recruited by Beeline. And he stayed committed, which is awesome because he's an incredible player. He's, he is, um, he should be next level. Um, and then other ones probably going to go, go to his son, Jace, who's like a six seven like wing power forward tweener type of player. So that's two spots gone. Uh, about two to two to three spots left. Depends on if guys leave or who stays. If anyone transfers, usually you see a transfer or two when there's a coach change like this. Um, especially when you know you have a holdover from like the old regime. Like if you weren't playing with Beeline, you almost like Jawan coming in because it feels like a fresh start. It feels like you 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 like get to transfer without having to sit out. Because uh, you get like a new opportunity, new set of eyes, new opportunity for you. So um, it's a smart strategy to focus on the four and five star recruits as long as you're still paying attention to your very good B recruits. And then it's going to come down to um, you know, making sure that you are not necessarily you know, just relying on their talent, but, you know, what is your development strategy? Beeline had a very good development system put in uh, put in place. You know, people knock his recruiting, but then 
always get mad when guys leave early for the NBA. Like, you can't. <laughs> doesn't make sense. You can't be mad. You can't be mad. When you can't be mad at his recruiting, and then get mad when guys leave for the NBA after their sophomore after their sophomore year. Like, you don't get you don't get to do that because it doesn't make much sense. Um so yeah, as long as he's paying attention to his B recruits, his second tier recruits, it should it should be okay. It should be okay. Cause there's recruiting going on behind the scenes that people aren't talking about. Uh if you look at Know, all these guys coming in for official visits and all that fun stuff, they get all the headlines. But what you don't know is that there's three or four there, you know, two or three huge officials. There's going to be a couple guys there taking an unofficial that you don't hear about because they're not mentioned because they're not like they don't drive the clicks. You know what I mean? So um, also on that note, uh, there is a there's a commitment coming in. Not to Michigan, but probably to Duke for a guy who had Michigan in their in their top five. Um, I think that commitment is coming in like nine days or something. I think the 27th. Sometime around the 27th. There's going to be a kid probably committing to Duke. He's going to be uh, like a 6'6", like wing forward. Pretty good ball player. Uh, Matt, at Matt the Rake. Would you ever drive through Indiana to skip Ohio? <laughs> What? That didn't make any sense. No. No, absolutely not. No, Ohio is really not that bad. Ohio's not that bad, man. Um, they have some like decent, like you know, Columbus is a is a really good city. Uh, some parts of Toledo, some parts of Cleveland are okay. I mean, I mean, it's not like it's not like uh, you know. Not like Grand Rapids or anything, where it's like a nice city that nobody knows about. But, um, but no, I mean they have like what was that I ninety I eighty. I mean the toll booth is ridiculously overpriced. But no, I would not drive through Indiana to skip Ohio. You're you're you're, you're crazy. Because if if I'm going to Virginia, if I don't even have a map in front of me, I sw- I swear, if I were to go to Virginia, skipping Ohio, I would have to go. <coughs> Through, I would have to go west towards like Grand Rapids and Kalamazoo, then go down through South Bend and like Indiana, all the way, you know, through Indiana, down through Louisville, and then I would have to go through, I don't even know if they touch, but like Kentucky, I think, Kentucky, and then take Kentucky all the way through and then go through either. Virginia, Southwest Virginia, and that takes like another six or seven hours because that's all mountains. It's the worst. You probably get lost because the GPS is garbage. Um, but like West Virginia, and then go straight through to Virginia. Maybe go through like a little bit of Maryland, but you get to skip Ohio and Goat Franklin State of Pennsylvania. But that that was. Interesting. That took me on like a weird tangent too. Uh, Jenny Zimmerman, Jen Zim Go Blue. As a comparatively as a comparatively recent Michigan basketball alum, what are your feelings about the legacy of the Fab Five? I mean, it's great. It's cool. I thought that um, <clears throat> I thought that that uh, documentary was really dope, and I'm glad that it was brought back to modern day because I don't think it was 
I don't think people really, really understood the impact of what they had, not just on basketball or young people, but on just culture itself. Um, you know, they, you know, they set a tone that, you know, hasn't really gone away. Um, I think it's an under, I, th- I still think it's an underrated legacy. How crazy that sounds. It's, uh, to Michigan fans, it's not, but from a national standpoint, it kind of is because people think about the Fab Five, the first thing they talk, talk about is, you know, the cheating scandal, you know, the whole, you know, pay for play garbage. When in reality, it really wasn't them, you know, it really wasn't them and it really wasn't that bad. They only got that whole shebang is because when those guys from Michigan took Mateen, took Mateen Cleese, I think, to like, they were taking them somewhere in the D and they got in a car crash and then all of a sudden the car was registered to someone else or the, or the truck was registered to, to someone else. Paper trail had it where, you know, whose car is this? And that, and that opened up Pandora's box of, you know, garbage. So that and then the timeout and their inability to close, which is kind of weird because that's kind of how like Beeline's, um, you know, his whole tenure was, which shows you how hard it is to win a national championship, how good those Fab Five teams were. And, um, you know, they were, even a, they were even a favorite, I believe, in their last game versus North Carolina when Chris Webber called the timeout. They just didn't play all that well in that game, unfortunately. But um, that just shows how hard it is. Like, there's some doofuses out here who have won a national title. Like, it's it's more of luck than anything else. I mean, look at Michigan State. You know, Izzo's been to the Final Four, what, eight or nine times? He's lost, like, seven opening games or something. Like, he loses in the semis. Like, he gets to the championship game. Like, he got there, like, like two or three times. Um, that's how, like, you know, that's how hard it is. It is super hard. I was surprised that they didn't win this last year, but that just shows you, you know, matchups are everything. Um, winning a natty is awesome. That will be really, really sweet. Unfortunately, Beeline didn't get able, you know, wasn't able to, you know, to get one, but that just shows you, you know, how hard it is. But, um, their, their legacy, I, you know, I think is very underrated. It's very under. They've, I mean, and they're still around, and they're still around, and they're loud, and they're proud about, you know, Michigan and Michigan's successes, and that's really, really cool. You know, you don't see everybody pumping their chest the way that they do about their own school, you know? It tells you a lot about how much they love Michigan and what, you know, Michigan kind of did for them. Uh, Nick Harmon, MGO Blue, MGO Blue 165, best beeline stories. I was debating on getting into it today. Um, I got you. I got you after this. Uh, Matt Adams, U of M Matt, 25. MGO blog guy suggested following you. Glad I did. Good stuff. Appreciate it. Um, which is weird because MGO blog, I think, I'm pretty sure those guys like hate me. Um, <laughs> after the whole thing with Ace. Ace like went after someone for no for no reason. I told him to like chill out and like he caught a fit and then 
I'm going to go blog. I don't know. Weird. Oh, well, okay. To what degree do you think more aggressive negative fans hurt the program? You know, in little parentheses, think tweets at players, recruits, calls for Beeline's job one or two years, years ago. What can the more rational among the fan base do to mitigate it? You can't really mitigate it. Um, you can't really mitigate it and you can't really police it because it's going to happen all the time. Whether someone uses their own account, whether they use a burner account, it's going to happen. There are trolls out there um, who, like, they get off on things like this. And unfortunately, there's nothing we can do to really mitigate that. There's really nothing. Um, and you also have to understand how big Michigan's fan base is. Like, it is huge. It is ginormous. I didn't really know how big it was until, like, I separated myself from Michigan and I started being an adult and looking around and really looking at, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm seeing people have stories of someone yelling go blue and they're in, like, freaking Thailand, you know? They're in, like, the Nairobi desert, if that's a thing. Like, but they're in, like, the Sahara by themselves. And, you know, a camel walks by with someone on it and they go, go blue. You know, it's wild stuff, man. It's a huge, it's a huge fan base. But understand that there is a pocket of fans like that in every single one. There is not one fan base that doesn't have a group of people who just don't care about etiquette. And they are going to do whatever it takes to irritate Anyone who they don't agree with or anyone that makes them a little bit upset or if they have something to say, they're going to go right to, to the source and say, F you. Um, you know, if Shea has a fumble, there's going to be a horde of fans who go after that guy just going off on him. If Justin Fields throws two picks and Ohio State only wins by seven against the team, Justin Fields' mentions are going to be freaking slaughtered by hillbillies. So... Just understand that it's everywhere. It's with Michigan. It's with Michigan State. It's There's even a section of Northwestern. I've talked to Iowa fans, and there's, and you know, within like two or three exchanges, um, and jumps some trolls. And then they're like, yeah, we don't claim him, da, da, da. And I'm like, you know what? I know exactly what type of fans you're talking about. So they're everywhere, man. They're everywhere. We can't mitigate it. We can't police it. Only thing you can do is go in there. You know, if you see it on a player's timeline, if fans attack that dude, players will start, you know, they would actually appreciate it. You know, I'm not a big fan of tagging players or anything like that. But um, but if you see, if you see something like that, and then there is, you know, if you see something like that, no longer tag the player, untag the player completely, and hammer that guy. Or female. I mean, you go either way, because there's crazies no one no matter what you are. Um, so yeah. Uh that was a good that was a good question, man. I really appreciate that. Jeff Scramlin. Uh, at JM Scramlin, most underrated player during your time at Michigan or second most if you count yourself number one. I've said this a lot. Most underrated player who never got an opportunity is Esso Akune. 
Uh, Esso Akune, he used to give guys the business in practice. The business. The business. Dude was 6'3", 6'4", 220 pounds of brute strength. You know, underrated player, um, underrated person. It's a great guy. Um, second, second to none when it comes to underrated player who I who I think about from time to time, who never got an opportunity. I can never say I daring I didn't get an opportunity. I can never say that. Zach Gibson can never say that he didn't get an opportunity. Stu Douglas can never say that he didn't get an opportunity. Lavelle Lucas Perry can never say that he didn't get an opportunity. Kelvin Grady can never say that he didn't get an opportunity. I think Esso Akune is the one player to play for Beeline that never got a legit opportunity. Uh, love Beeline as a dude and, and as a coach, but if I were to resent him for anything, it's not giving Esso a legit shot um, to play because that dude was a beast. That dude was a monster. He was such he was such a good player and a better person. You know, he deserved he deserved that. He deserved that 100%. And it kind of sucks. All right. Beeline story. Um I did tweet tweet this out so I did kind of, you know, I did kind of put myself on the spot here. But here's what I'm going to say. I have plenty of stories. I have plenty of stories about um, you know, stuff at Michigan that you know went on and things that have happened. You know, not illegal stuff. No, not illegal stuff. Nothing like that. But you know, things that I look back on that you know have really, really molded me as a as like a person and as a man. Um. For me to tell stories about other people would be out of bounds if I don't tell true stories about what happened to me. So I someone asked me about Toledo a few days ago, and I said I'm gonna do it on the next pod. So here I am. So I'm not only gonna do, I'm not even gonna tell you what happened with Toledo. I gotta give you proper context. So I'm gonna tell you about. The day that I learned my scholarship got snatched. Yep. We going to talk about that. All right. So people think I had it snatched like over the summer or people think that I had it snatched my last year when we were terrible. Nope. I had it snatched when we went 21 and 14 and I threw the back door to Deshaun Sims and we beat Duke and we beat UCLA and we got to go to the tournament and your boy was player of the game with Blake Griffin in the NCAA second round. Yep, it was that year. I remember it like it was yesterday. It was a practice. It was a practice. We had started out the Big Ten season like 3-1 or 4-1. I think our only loss was uh, like to Wisconsin or Illinois or something like that. I forget. Um... We were three and one, four and one. 
Note that I started this year. So I, so I, to be, so to begin the year, I started and, um, I, you know, I started against UCLA, started against Duke at the garden, um, started at Maryland, which is really dope for, you know, me and my, me and my family and, you know, friends and the starting lineup on the other team. I, I knew them since I was like, you know, some, some, you know, some of those dudes I knew since I was like, in like the seventh grade, one I went to high school with. So that was a re- no, two I went to high school with. Um, you know, that was a really dope experience. Um, I didn't play well that game. I didn't play well and shoot around. I was, you know, I was not missing. Like I was not missing at all. Like I was just, I was feeling good and pregame. I was feeling good. I was like, man, yo, I'm hitting four or five threes tonight. Easy. And we going to get out here with a nice dub and we got, you know, we got you know Duke coming up. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game. I'm I'm in front of family and you know friends. So I took some unorthodox shots because I was getting buckets. Like like you don't understand. Like as a shooter, like like my percentage wasn't anywhere near the way that you know I can shoot the rock. Um, like wasn't anywhere near, but just understand, like as a as a shooter, like at Oak Hill Academy, I was I was like forty five percent from three. Um, at Michigan, like playing over like a certain amount of time, like I was like in like the like ninety percentile or or something like that. But I was feeling good, man. I was feeling good. I was sh- so I I shot some unorthodox shots. Me, I got big nuts. What I was gonna do is, if I'm open and I see the rim, I was gonna, I was gonna shoot this, I was gonna shoot this rock right in your face, and you weren't gonna do nothing about it. I had a, I had a, a couple of those, and I, and I missed them, and I, I missed them, I missed like my, like my first like few shots, and then I'm like, okay, okay, it's all good. So, and then there was like a secondary break. Manny had the ball. He drew the defender. I thought Manny was going to throw me a bounce pass. When that happens, I take a little mini hop to gather myself because the little mini hop, I jump maybe a half an inch off the ground to gather myself. So my next jump, I'm like, I'm powering up and I was about to like tomahawk when I was about to do something crazy, but he threw like a lob to me, like not like nine and a half feet in the air. That's easy. Teffy there. That's easy. So, I did my mini hop and he threw it in the air. So I'm reaching for it, trying to do my second jump while I'm in the air. Ball goes out of bounds. I look like the most unathletic dude on the planet. I get set. I get benched. Um, Javon played. He had a hell of a game. Uh, props to him. You know, Novak had a hell of a game. They did really, really, really well. And then to, like the end of that game, I came in and... I hit like, I hit one three. We had to foul. Like next possession, I I shot a three from like thirty something feet. Hit nothing but net. Whap. I'm like, why would I doing this in the first half? You know what I'm saying? I would still be in the game. Probably got twenty. Anyways, that was a rough film session, man. That was a rough film session, and um, 
it sucked. Then I think we played. I think we played. Did we play Savannah State after that? I think I think we played Savannah State after that. Or did we play Duke? I think I, think I want to say we played Duke. Um, did we play Duke? You know what? I'm going to look this up right now for you guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this to you. But I got to find this out. Because it was Savannah State and it was Duke, like right there in back-to-back games. And, uh, all right, 08, 09, Michigan Wolverines. Um, Okay, Um, where is the schedule, bro? Is this it? Yep, here it is. Okay, yeah, so we had, we had, um, we had UCLA, then we had Duke, that was at the Garden, right? Then we had... Where's Maryland? Where's the Maryland game? Did they not put this in? No, they missed the game. They missed the game. See, see, that's that's why you never trust Wikipedia, bro. That's why you don't trust Wikipedia because of this right here. Because of this right here. They lied. They lied because there's a Maryland game in here between the Duke and Duke game. See, that's why you don't trust Wikipedia. That's why you don't trust it, because they do stuff like that. If you check Wikipedia right now, go in the 2008-2009 page. They totally skipped the Maryland page, the uh, Maryland game. Let's see. All right, this will have it. All right, poll schedules, results. This is a college basketball page. See, told you, man. See, see, yep. So we had Duke. Then we demolished Norfolk State. Um, demolished Norfolk State. I, I had like, like 9, 10, 11. I don't know, something like that. But I don't think I shot very, very well. I think I opened up that game like over, but then like I had a really good ending to it. Then we played Savannah State. This game, Savannah State shot like a million percent from the floor. It was wild. I've never ex- experienced that before. They did not miss whatsoever. So we played. Then we went to Maryland, lost. And then we played Duke. So between Wednesday and Saturday, we played Maryland. Next day in film was Thursday. They said, I'm no longer starting. I'm like, okay, whatever. I, you know, I'll be ready whenever, you know, whenever you do your thing. I'm ready to go. So it turned out that um, that Duke game, we ended up winning. You know, we ended up winning. Awesome. Great. Everyone stormed the court. You know, everyone's super excited. And then we had a week until Eastern Michigan. For some reason... 
I remember this. Um, Beeline didn't coach that game for some reason. And uh, something weird happened in that game. Like, I was subbed in by Dunn. And for some reason, I think someone got in trouble. I think one of the coaches got in trouble. Because I wasn't supposed to be in the rotation that game. So I think I wasn't supposed to play to like the very, very end. You know, whatever. Um, and then after that, we didn't have a game for another week. This game was against Oakland at the Palace. So it's funny because after this game, I had I had a bunch of blog boys. I had uh, black boys. I think uh, Dylan Burke Burkhart or something like that from U of M Hoops or U M Hoops. Uh, you know, he was like, he was like, yeah, you know, Anthony, Anthony didn't even. Uh, he didn't even get off the bench. You know, didn't have his warm-ups. Yeah, little do y'all know, little do y'all know, Thursday or Friday, I think it was a Friday, at practice, me and Lavelle Lucas Perry collided heads. And I was bleeding all over the floor. I am, you know, I had the worst, I had a concussion, bro. Like, when I say I was bleeding on the floor, I mean... My entire face was covered in blood. The floor, there was so much blood. I will never forget this. Tom Wyrot was on the court jumping up and down because the blood was seeping in between the wooden panels on Chrysler's court. I was bleeding everywhere. Like I had a yo, I had such a bad headache. The lights were terrible. Honestly, I shouldn't have been at that game. If we're if we're being one hundred, like I'm at shoot around, and the palace, the old palace in 08, wasn't that bright. I mean, it was pretty dark in there. It was pretty dark in there, and I was like, I mean, I was super sensitive to the light, super nauseous. I shouldn't have been anywhere near any of that. Anyways, that was Lavelle's first game. Lavelle comes and he has an outstanding game, an outstanding game, and I'm I'm all for it because he gets an opportunity, he seizes it, he goes after it. Um, ends up so Zach was like a two, and then like that moved once because he wanted to get Lavelle in because he was. He was Beeline's recruit. He was Beeline's trans transfer. So he moved Zach from the two to the four. So that's why Zach was a six four power forward. It's because of that move right there. Because uh, he was the two, and then he wanted Lavelle to get in the rotation. The only way he could do that is moving Zach to a forward spot. So after that, like I was, I mean, I was pretty much ass out. I mean, I had some games here and there where I was like, I was like playing okay and everything was all right. Um, but then we opened up Big Ten with a loss. It was either to Illinois or Wisconsin. I forget. I don't, I never beat Wisconsin. So I want to say Wisconsin we lost to. And then we won like the next, we won the next like three games. 
after the Iowa game, it was like a Monday. It was like a Monday practice. Like that next day, it was pretty light because we had a game. Because we had a game coming up. We'll never forget this. After practice, Beeline calls me over and he goes, mind you, I have like, like I have a, like I have like a, like, like coach's decision. I really haven't played high key. Like I haven't legit played in like four games. Um, I think I played like one second. At something, but either way, basically didn't play for like four games. So after this practice, Beeline calls me over. We're still on the practice score. He calls me over after practice. I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like getting up shots. I'm working on them, working on my game and all that stuff. Calls me over, then calls over Jerry Dunn. He's the other assistant. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, "Hey, so." So when you came here, you were a, you were an amateur recruit and, uh, you know, he, you know, he registered you and he, he promised you four years. And then he goes, I didn't promise you four years. Mind you, mind you, mind you. In our exit meetings after our first year with Beeline, it was like, March or April 2008, there were rumors that Epe was about to transfer. One of the first questions was, at that time, he goes, no, not even, not even a question. It was like a question, please, like a question statement. He was like, please don't tell me you're leaving. That's what I got. That was like the first thing that was in the exit meeting was, please don't tell me you're leaving. Or you're not leaving, are you? Like, don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't leave. You have an opportunity. Blah, 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 blah. Fast forward eight months later. Um, this is wild. I'm even telling this story, dude. I'm, hold on. Hold on. I need a breather. Oh, man. Okay. So, he was like, I didn't promise you those four years. So, and then he goes, I know some D2 schools who would love you. This whole time, I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you mean, dude? <laughs> he goes, I know some D2 schools that'll love you. And then he goes, we're going to give your scholarship to him and Jerry started like mentioning what years, like, like, like I freaking cared which years he's given my, uh, my scholarship to. He was like a class of a uh, class of uh, I was like, I'm sitting here like, what is going on right now? Anyways, they go, well, they go, we know some schools that that'll love you. Um, you know, and then he goes, you know, I'll vouch for you, you know, wherever you decide to go. I'm sitting here like, what the like, what is this dude talking about right now? So that's so that's. That's our com that is our conversation. And you know, he's just like he's just like he's just like, you know, 
you know, you could transfer, you'll have X amount of years to play, you get your, you know, that, you know, uh, red shit year back, and you'll be able to play right away if you do this. I don't want to hear any of that. I'm like, bruh, I am at freaking Michigan, dude. Like, what are you, like, like, no, that's not happening. That's, that is not going down. So, that didn't really feel, like, real to me. You know what I'm saying? That didn't feel real to me whatsoever. And, um... Then I took a step back and I look at the the next three games. I'm just like, huh. I'm like, okay. All right. We played some sorry teams. We played some sorry teams. Like this is when Indiana was booty. They were dirt. So I'm like, okay, we played some sorry teams and we and we won those games. And I was like, okay. Okay. I'll hear from you in about a week and a half. So, <laughs> So I don't really play the next three games. Loss by 15. Loss at home by seven. Loss by 15. It was a Tuesday. We lost at Penn State, bro. Wednesday morning. <laughs> Yo, Beeline was like, hey, so um, we're, <laughs> we're going to put you back in the rotation. <laughs> I was di- I was dying, man. I was yo, yo. That was so that was so funny to me. That was so funny to me. He was like, "Yo, we're gonna put you back in the rotation." So he was like, "So you know, be ready for this and that." I'm like, "All right, all right, that's cool." And um, we won the next game because now I'm pulling up the schedule. So now I know exactly what happened at what time. And then pretty much everything kind of hit the fan at that point because when we ended up we ended up um we ended up uh beating Northwestern I'm back in the road in the road to rotation so for me that made me feel really good that validated a lot of things I'm like look maybe I'm not out here shooting the rock every damn time but I can give more than that. Like, if, looking back, you know, I I should have shot way freaking more, bro. I should have shot way more. Way, way more. I should have been more aggressive. I should have broke down the offense some more. And I should have just did my thing, got guys open, because I'm a great passer, great vision, and I can, and I can score whenever I want to, low-key. So, all right, pulling up the schedule, we beat Northwestern, and then we went to Ohio State, and we lost handily. Ooh! Then we had a practice on a Friday, and then Manny got suspended a game. (laughs) I'm not going to tell you what happened, but he got suspended from something that happened at practice. So... What ended up was um, I started. I started that game. And me, I was so worried about doing the right things. I was so worried about not making mistakes. I was so worried about, okay, don't turn over the ball. Shoot your shots. This is a new opportunity. Rather than going out and squeezing this opportunity by the gonads, I didn't do any of that. 
we went and lost at Purdue, and I respect the hell out of Manny for this. Um, when I when we got back to the crib, you know, we had like a walkthrough or a film session or something, and he came up to me and he was like, "Bro, you can't start, then play all these minutes and only take two shots." That hit home to me. That resonated. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, time out. That happened the next year. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Erase everything I just said. Erase everything I just said. See, I don't, see, I don't edit. I don't, I don't edit, bro. I don't edit. So all that happened the next year uh, going to Purdue. And then, um, okay, one at Penn State, and then we played at Connecticut. I think I hit a shot. I played a little bit. Um, And then things got rocky. So there was a stretch there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We were like... We were we won two out of nine games over the course of between January 14th and February 10th. So over the course of, of a month, we won twice after he had that conversation with me. After he had that conversation with me, we won two times over the course of a month. For me, you know what? That, that felt pretty damn good. You know what? That was... Very selfish on my part, but me being a 20, 21-year-old who was just told to go play for a Division II program, whatever. Whatever. Yes, it's about the team, the team, the team. But at the same time, you're going to tell me that I need to go play for a D2 school and they'll love me to winning only two of your next nine games after you make that speech to me? Yeah. Before that, before that, before that speech, we were 13 and 3. After that speech, we were 15 and 10. 13 and 3 to 15 and 10. And then, you know, you know, we have a couple of games in, you know, Minnesota, that is Lavelle's, that's Lavelle's um no, that's not Lavelle's big game. But Minnesota, that last game against Minnesota, you know, Lavelle had a hell of a game. He played great. And um he had a huge he had a huge game game for us. And I think that's what punched our ticket to the NCAA tournament. So, you know, and then end up going to the tournament. And I'm in the rotation again. Surprise, surprise. A dude that D2 schools will love. Now it's Anthony. I need you to bail us out so we don't get blown out against Oklahoma. So I get in the game and I should have been more aggressive. I should have went, I should have went nuts and I'm mad about this. This is the only this is the only game. Um this is the only game that um this is the only game that I Asked for plays. Like that was the only game in my 
college career that I asked for plays, literally asked for plays. And um, lose that game, off season's up. And in my mind, I'm like, I'm like, shoot, I just showed out in the NCAA tournament. I'm like, is I'm like, does this dude want me or not, man? Like, what is going on? So, so worked out all summer, and we had a new strength coach. We had Sanderson come in. Uh, Sanderson's a great strength coach. He's a great dude. Um, knows what he's doing, but his, but his philosophy, uh, really butted heads with. Beeline's workout routine. And we found that out. We found that out. We were like the guinea pig. <laughs> we were the guinea pig thing, you know, experiment. Uh, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that they butted heads themselves, but their philosophies butted heads, but they didn't realize it. So when I, when I say butt heads, like they didn't mix. They didn't, you know, the way that we lifted and worked out with Sanderson we also had a track workout with Beeline that he did for all of his teams forever. Those two method methodologies, they didn't mix. And that was pretty apparent when I popped my hamstring on the track. Blake McClymans popped his hamstring on the track. Um, and Manny Harris popped his hamstring on the track. Manny could afford to do it because he was a returning all Big Ten type of type of player. I'm not saying I wasn't that type of player, but from my role, which sucks that I get minimized to like a role knowing I had so much more to give, but you know, being minimized to that type of role, I couldn't afford to get hurt. Beeline had a great quote and I tell and I tell people all the time, you know, kids all the time. I'm like, you know, you can't get hurt. You can't afford to get hurt. If you get hurt, someone is waiting in the shadows for your spot. And, you know, I that was that was probably my least fun year. That was my least fun year cuz hamstring in, injuries suck. I I I hurt my hamstring like beginning to end of September and it nagged me literally all year and it messed up my back. And then the end of then the end of the season, we were garbage. We were garbage. I could go into more about that that year, but that's a totally different pod. Um, but end of that year, um, oh, I'm going against Novak in a drill right before the the uh, Big Ten tournament, and I turn and my back goes out completely. Six herniated discs. And um, for some reason, I still played in games, um, could hardly feel my leg, and I had to do my own stretching routine, which sucked. And then after that, you know, you know, I was I was pretty much done. I was pretty much done. I was just done with everything. I was done with, you know, with like anxiety. I was done with the... You know, I was just done with everything. I was, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to be just a grown up. I'm ready to just go to work, all these things. So, six hernia discs, I developed like drop foot in my left foot. 
I still have nerve damage there. And um, I was just done. And then I started getting calls from schools about, you know, they want me to come on. I'm like, what are you talking? I, I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about the grad transfer route. I didn't think about that at all whatsoever. So a lot of people don't know this, but I needed like one more class that spring to graduate. So I still got to walk. I had Obama was the speaker and that was really dope. His presence, no matter what you feel about him, that dude's presence is crazy. That dude's presence is wild. Like, it's like the Beatles just walked in. It's, I can't even, like, it's like the Jackson 5 and the Beatles and Elvis all just walked in at the same time. Like, it was, it was chills. I get chills to this day, bro. I get chills to this day. So I started getting calls. I got calls from, you know, Toledo. I got calls from... Detroit. I got calls from all over the place. Got calls from out west. Uh, I got I got an SEC call. I got a, a Big East call. I mean, I'm like, you know, I didn't even think about that. Nobody knows this. This is the first time anybody knows about this part because I have never shared this with anybody. But... But I I may have tweeted it one time like a few years ago. But I was in my class chilling and I get a phone call from Massachusetts. I'm like, who the hell is calling me from Massachusetts, bro? So I, you know how like when you're like a busy place where you answer the phone call? But then, like, run somewhere so you're on silent for, like, 20 seconds and all the and all the person here is just, like, commotion. I did that. So I'm, like, in, like, the back row. I answer the phone call. I run outside in the hallway. I go, hello? Anthony Wright, this is Coach Amaker at Harvard. Coach Amaker called me. Like, what it do? You know? <laughs> so he called me. And he was asking me about the whole, you know, grad transfer thing. And, um, you know, it was like, I was like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this again? Like, I, like, like I, I am so, I am so checked out. I don't think I can really get back into it from all the BS that I've, that, you know, I've gone through. And, um, talked to my mom. And she was like, hey, if they're paying for your school, you know, go and just, you know, and do your thing. Just go, just go to school, you know, you know, go get your master's and all that. So I'm like, like, okay. So I chose Toledo. Mind you, Toledo, um, new coach, everyone like left, either transferred out. There's maybe a couple holdovers. Um all new staff, Coach Kowalczyk, oh man, what a, man, that dude, great coach, great coach, great guy, very humble, he's very self-aware, um, 
Love that guy. And Ryan Peden, he brought me in. Ryan Peden is now at Ohio State um, assistant coaching. I still have a very good relationship with him. He's a great guy. He's a great coach. The staff down there, they treated me so well, man. You know, man, I owe a lot of things to them. Um, They brought me new friends. They brought me a new perspective in life. Um, But uh, before the season even starts, I felt like AI when I, injury-wise. So I had six herniated discs. Um, my Achilles was about to snap. Um, my planner's fascia. So you're so that like tendon or ligament that connects your like like the balls of your feet to your heel. I popped a hole in it like an like an inch long and like a quarter of an inch wide. Popped a hole in it, dude. That was one of the, like, if uh, I'm a mentally strong dude, that almost broke me from a mental standpoint, let alone a physical standpoint. So, I mean, there were games where I didn't play or I couldn't play. I mean, there were times, I mean, it was my boy's shoe, (laughs) my boy's shoe. Um, he ended up being on Michigan staff to help out, and he followed Beeline to the Cavs. Shoe, whenever I saw him, like with like you know, with my you know kids who I coach and mentor, he always goes. Anthony Wright is the only Division One player in history who didn't have to practice but could play the whole game. <laughs> that was like his, you know, joke. Um, the team was not very good, but um, but they did a really good job recruiting and they did a really good job with um, uh, transfers coming in. So um, playing there, I mean, note that I was playing on maybe one leg one leg, I was probably like 30 to 40 pounds overweight. Like I couldn't I couldn't work out the way I wanted to. I couldn't really do what I could do. I didn't really get healthy. Like I didn't really feel healthy. Not even healthy, but to the point where I didn't think a, a ligament would snap until the last two games of the year. And um and I was still a shell of myself. You know, Mac, you know, you have high division one, you know, you have division one players. You have some dudes that could play in the, in the big 10 easily. Um, You know, I played against, you know, future NBA guys. Um, You know, Xavier Silas at Northern Illinois is a great player. Julian Mavunga is a beast. Like that dude is really freaking good. Um, Brennan Baudry at Eastern, that dude can hoop. Um, so playing in the MAC, it was it was so different than the Big Ten because I wasn't me. I wasn't really who I was. My left side of my body failed me completely, like failed me completely. And I am I'm so surprised that I was able to even even compete 
at a Division One level and I was 25% healthy. Um, but that staff treated me nothing but, I mean, gosh, you know, I, I owe them a lot. You know, Savage Arena is a great, is a great place. If you, if you have never been to a Toledo Rockets game, you know, go when, you know, they play Bowling Green or something. Um, even, uh, Eastern, you know, they have, they have a great facility down there. They do really, really well, and they are a successful group now. They haven't been to the uh, tournament, but they've been really freaking close. They've been really, really close. Um, I owe them a lot, and uh, I wouldn't change it for anything. I would not change it for anything. So I cannot tell you a beeline story ever unless... I, I'm going to say this, sounds weird, but unless I undress myself. So I undress myself. That was my beeline story. That was my Toledo story. I can't talk about someone like a story that impacted someone else without me undressing in front of you guys and showing what really happened with me, what happened with the scholarship, what happened with, uh, you know, that season, what kind of goes on behind the scenes. Uh, what happened with um, you know, how it ended up at you know Toledo, which is weird because I was in Ann Arbor, probably about fifty fifty. <laughs> like I went up to Ann Arbor probably you know every night or or every other night, um, just hanging out with people who I've known for you know years. Um, but you know graduating from you know Michigan was great. You know, spending seven to eight months down in Toledo was also great because I, you know, I learned so much and from that staff and I wouldn't take it back for anything ever. Thank you all for listening. As you know, I'm on Spotify. I'm on iTunes. And if you have any questions, you have anything to say to me, you have any suggestions, please put it in the comments. I'll holler at y'all. Peace. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.